0: Hi, I'm Dan, and if you're new to homebrewing, so am I. Welcome to My Adventures in Homebrewing. Hey everybody, it's Dan. It's that time once more to go around the world one more time and have a beer or two along the way. Thanks a lot for coming out and joining, with me, joining me this week. Also, for sticking with me and putting up with me not being on the airways for the last little bit. Uh, I guess a little bit of an explanation for that, so in order it's just i've been feeling a little burnt out lately with trying to figure stuff out and everything else i think i've said that before but um yeah so i I needed a break i took a break i had to come up with some ideas a lot of the things i was trying to do really weren't uh, panning out for trying to get guests and things like that so yeah so things are moving along quite pretty good uh thanks again uh for all the support and everything else you guys give me and uh um I am looking for people who or who may be interested in uh, being on the podcast to talk about their adventure in homebrewing, you know, how they got into it, what they like about it, uh, and what it does for them, because I think that needs to be said more uh, how, at least right now anyway, how uh, it's nice to have this escape to make sure that uh, we keep our mental health happy. And to me, that's uh, that is a big thing. Mental health is a, is a major thing for me. Um, it goes a long way just to keep everyone sane right now with all the crazy in the world. So with that said, uh, let's roll roll into a quick word from the sponsors and uh, we'll be back. Hey, it's Dan here one more time. And I'm happy to say that we are now, or should I say my podcast is now sponsored by Scarton Laboratories. Yeast production for the fermentation of the exceptional craft beer. Whether your kit is on the stovetop or in a commercial brew house. Wholesale yeast and quality control for the profitable bro- pro brewer. Community engagement and education for the discerning home brewer. If you are a craft brewer and you love using quality yeast, then you really do need to check out Escarment Laboratories. So hey, everybody, Uh, again, thanks a lot. So this week, uh, I thought I'd be talking about all things uh, dark beer, or at least what I like about dark beer, and also um, about uh, what I like about stouts, and maybe going about uh, actually creating a stout. Um, Or even maybe an Irish cream ale. Hmm. And I think down the road, uh, or at least for the next episode it's going to be talking about a project I've going to be working on this weekend is I'm actually going to be adding a uh, nitro tap uh, to my kegerator so I've, I've looked at a lot of ways to save space so I didn't have to drill more holes and and whatnot so hopefully this what I've got plan works and I'll document it along the way so let's get to it shall we Let's talk about things like dark beer and, and and stouts and things like that. So what I've been reading uh, is that stouts uh, have been around poof, a lot of, around a long time. Uh, Stout is meant to be strong and whatnot, but it's actually not a strong beer. It's actually a pretty light beer, even though it, people think it, it it's a heavy just due to the fact that it's dark, it's so dark. Sometimes it's black. Yeah, I can say it's black or it's just a very dark charcoal. Uh, brown um so th- yeah there's there's a lot to it uh alcohol contents if you're just drinking say like a regular stout can be eating from anywhere four and a half to maybe maybe six percent but when you start looking into getting into things like whether imperials or uh, barrel aged stouts then you start looking at things that were the could be anywhere from eight percent up to maybe even nine or ten depending on what it is and then if you're barrel aging you're going to get really cool uh flavors up out of the barrel be it the oak if there was spirits in it like whiskey or bourbon or tequila or rum or wine or whatever it was in that barrel or cask that's what's going to get imparted for I a long that you leave it inside that cask or barrel now why do I like these beers well I really like these beers mainly because well why not um I find that you get a v- extremely well balanced flavor of coffee, of chocolate. Uh, you get like a really nice roasted malty goodness in that beer, and if they're done right, um, the mouthfeel on them is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I mean, it's it, it they're very smooth. I find yeah, I find I find they're smooth. They're elegant, uh, and they're actually pretty easy drinking beers, especially during this time of of year in the winter here in Canada. I mean, yeah, it's it's a light beer, but it's also a very hearty beer at the same time. And there's such a wide uh, opportunity to use this style of beer, not only in cooking, like like if you're making stews or braising and things like that, but also in making things like maybe cakes or bread so that's unbelievable what you can do with this stuff. Now, when you're doing a lot of these beers, there there are obviously you need two row. And if you're doing an oatmeal stout, obviously you need like a couple pounds or a pound pound or more of, of oats. Uh, then you need specialty malts. So you're going to need things like maybe black patent. You're going to need all, or even. Uh, dark uh, pale chocolate, dark chocolate. You may need cocoa nibs. You may need something else that you want to add to this beer. I find that these beers are so more versatile than your regular pale ale that you can impart flavors into these things so much more easily that they're very complementary. You can do things like raspberry or strawberry. Uh, You can add those in there. You can you can add in, uh, say, something crazy, say like maybe marshmallow, or even, or if you want to add like uh, espresso to it, like I do, uh, you could add rum to it if you wanted to. It's fantastic what these things can do. Now, these styles of beers date back to oh, back to the 1700s, and I think if I'm right, I'll have to check my books. Initially, they were they were called porters, and and things evolved. Sorry, things evolved, and porters and stouts went their own way. Now stouts being considered to be uh, a strong beer, uh, at least at the time, well, that's what stout was meant to be. And porters, well, those were uh, enjoyed by maybe uh, the working class people who are like river porters and things like that, helping you get your stuff off of ships and things like that, getting them to your car, whatever, car buggy at the time, uh, and and go from there. Now. As things went along, that style of beer in the U- and this was mainly in the UK, uh, that time in the UK, the, that style of beers, those two styles, I should say, came very close to being non-existent anymore in, in, in their society. Now, uh, there is a gentleman named Terry Fort Foster yes, Terry Foster. Uh, uh, He's written off quite a few books and also written for Brewing Your Own Magazine, Zymer G, and I think one or two others, uh, Brewers Publications. And he was saying that he never had, uh, if I'm remembering, if I read this right, he didn't have a porter or a stout until he got to North America, where we actually embraced all those flavors and styles of beers and made them our own and made them a little bit more unique in the way they do it. Now, there there are a lot of things like you have uh, Irish stout, dry Irish stout, extra dry Irish stout, you have milk stouts. Uh, Gosh, you have Imperials, you have pastry stouts. And there's just a wide variety of what you can do with these. So uh, we're going to talk about possibly something that I'm going to be working on uh, in the near future. So just hang on two sex and I'll be right back. Okay, guys. So what we're going to do now is I am going to share my screen. And those of you who are on uh, listening to the podcast, I'll talk as I go along to explain what I'm doing. Uh, but we're going to build uh, the recipe I'm going to make for the stout I want to work on so hang on two secs like that and here we go so as you can see and for those of you who can't see uh I am making a maple bacon donut stout why why not so as you can see I have I've actually kept a lot of stuff in from a uh an imperial stout that I've done so uh, it's about 15 15- 0.2 15.52 pounds worth of grain, so you're looking at uh, 10 pounds of turo, almost 11 pounds of turo, about two and a half pounds of Vienna malt. Uh, you're looking at almost 18 ounces of brown. Uh, you're looking at uh, 12 ounces of uh, uh, chocolate, and also uh, what uh, seven pounds worth of crystal malt. So that's that, and then you're looking at. Uh, one point, one and a quarter ounces of Northern Brewer hops and a half an ounce of uh, Challenger. Okay. And I'll share this in the description of uh, I'll share. It. I'm sorry. I'm losing my train of thought. I'll share this in the description uh, uh, inside of the video description and also the description for the, the for the podcast episode as well, guys. So, One thing I didn't do is explain where you need to actually place the actual donut. So that's what we're gonna put in here. So you need at least six maple bacon donuts. And, Oops, let's go back and fix that. Need six, okay, then Sorry guys, I'm talking at the same time and I should be talking to you. So now what we're going to do is we're, um, during we have all the grain and everything milled and everything else, we're going to put in the donuts inside the mash. That way it acts like a natural filter. So uh, break up donuts into the mash in order for mash to catch any grease from the bacon. So that's pretty much it, guys. I mean, we are not going to worry about vanilla. Oop, get rid of that. Not going to worry about bourbon, but we are. Where are we? Hmm. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how am I going to do this, guys, for how many I need in other in other things uh let's see we need six not grams each there we go maple bacon donuts And they're going to the mash. Not there for flavor. The mash. And that is a zero. There we go. All right. So oh, now we're going to click save. There. So there you have it. That is our, whoops, it's not Russian. Yeah, it pretty much is an imperial, but it's going to be a pastry stove. So there you go. That's pretty much everything that we have going. Do I have pastries stuff here? Hmm. I wonder. That's yeah, going to be a sweet step. There we go. So according to the BJCP guidelines here, uh, we have uh, it under stouts and 13B, which is sweet stout. So we're looking at roughly an efficiency of 75, 7, 70%. Uh, boil time was 75 minutes. Oh, there we go. We just zoomed in a little bit so everybody can see better. So if, as you guys can see, uh, where the, the, final, the OG is gonna be 10, uh, 1083, the final gravity of 1020. Uh, alcohol content of 835, uh, IBU of 30, and, and it goes on. So and this is what I like about Brewers Friend. I find it very easy to use. Uh, so if you look down here, all the way to the bottom, you have a diastatic of uh, 113. So there you go. Diastatic power is a measurement of the malt grain enzyme content. Click for more details. Well, we don't need any more details because we don't know what it is. So, so as you can see, Here's all the ingredients as I go down through it. There's your mash guidelines. And right here is where we're gonna change this. So I use because I really like these guys. Where's it go? Come on. Where is it? and we passed it. Scarpet Labs. Irish. Irish ale. And that's the one we're gonna use. All right, so there it tells you the optimum is between 64 and 71. It's medium to high, attenuation is 7.25. There you go, fermentage We are gonna aim for, say, 65 degrees Fahrenheit. We're not doing a starter. I never do a starter. I don't know why. I just don't. (laughs) I've never had a reason to. And then here's all our hops. We have four. Our donuts. There's our mash pH, what it needs to be. I've been trying to work on all on the actual target of this for adding the calcium and sodium and whatnot. And I don't know. I just find, I just find it's hard to actually uh, get it right. And I find it some, at least I don't know what I'm doing right or wrong. So I got to do a little bit more research into that guys. So there, so now we're going to do this save. And then I go like that. There you go, guys. And that is the whole recipe all said and done. Okay. So I am going to bring this. We're going to stop sharing the screen. And then you get me back. (laughs) So um, yeah, things have been moving along pretty good here. Um, Yeah. I don't know, guys. I mean, stouts are those things that I find are the ones that you can play with the most. And you can also put them on nitrous uh, or nitrogen. So I'm putting my stuff on nitrogen. And that's the other pro- project I have going on this weekend is I'm actually adding a nitrogen tap to my cake at home. So it's going to involve me actually having to go through the side of my fridge, run two gas lines, because uh, I'm going to be able to have two kegs inside of this little fridge. And instead of having to draw, drill an extra hole through the door, I actually got a uh, um, a a, uh, a tap or a shank that has an attachment on it that has two spots for taps. So basically the lines come in for, for each tap separately. So I can have a tap for just a normal ale, like my alt beer, which is gonna be ready this weekend. And then I can have the nitrogen tap for uh, my stout or cream ale or uh, whatever else I'm gonna do, which is gonna be absolutely fantastic. Or you can even play, you can even do cold brew uh, coffee on this if you want, or or if you want, you can even do it with, you can put, uh, you can take off the nitrogen tap, and you can put on a CO2, and you can actually uh, do like carbonated water if you wanted. So there's the, there's lots of possibilities of what you can do with all all the gear that you get for having um, a uh, a tap for nitrogen and everything else for your home use. Now, <clears throat> uh, a little bit more. All about the project this week. And so there are, there are a, quite a few parts that you actually do need to get. So you're going to need gas lines. You're going to need a nitrogen tank. You're going to need another shank, faucet, and handle. Uh, you're going to need a, re- a nitrogen regulator, not just a regulator that you can get because they're actually quite different. So if you look at it, uh, the actual part uh, or the actual attachment that goes to the tank for co2 is flat and that just screws on with the nut and that's fantastic with nitrogen it actually has the the attachment there's a female and a male part the male part is actually on the tank uh, on the regulator, which sits inside the female uh portion of the tank where the where the shut off is and then screws on so that's different Now, when you're actually looking at doing something like this, you need to consider if you're going to actually have your tanks on the inside or you're going to have your tanks on the outside. If you're going to do the tanks on the outside, well, then you got to think of how you're going to run your lines. So you don't really need to worry about running your beverage lines because those get to stay inside of the actual unit. It's your gas lines you have to think about because you have one one or two choices. If you have a fridge that's, I don't know, big enough, you can... uh, you can actually probably run them out the back if you're not going through any uh, any coolant lines, uh, or you're gonna go through the side. For me, because I have a little dandy bar fridge, I'm actually gonna be going through the actual side of my fridge. So I have to look to see where the gas lines are. So basically, before I cut through the outside, I'm actually gonna heat up a hole saw, take a little piece out of the inside, And then feel around to see where the actual uh, refrigeration lines are, so I don't wreck anything. So I'm probably going to have to run two lines because I don't know if it's a good idea to actually run uh, two lines through one large hole and then spray foam it shut. Or should I use caulking? Or do I go and find the actual bushing that it can seal around the actual hose then it goes on in place. It Kind of looks like a rubber gasket, but I'm having a hard time finding it. So yeah, I'd be very interested to hear about your your builds and what you went about doing and how you made it work. It would make my life a little easier. I hope what I've said makes your life a little easier. Uh, Oh, and when it comes time to actually start serving the beer, I'll tell you how I got around that too. So thanks a lot for coming out for a beer or two along the way, guys. I greatly appreciate it. I'm Dan, and I'll see you on the other side. <music>